the award for most sticky and powerful and useful inspirational quote this week that I was able to find for this episode goes to Jerry Corston. I'm not sure who he is, but listen to his quote. Not feeling accepted can be a symptom of not accepting yourself. Okay, so this goes out to all the insecure personal trainers out there or apprehensive yoga teachers, anybody not feeling strong and confident in their industry, in the wellness industry right now. Listen to the whole quote. This is for you. Not feeling accepted can be a symptom of not accepting yourself. Don't seek the attention of others. Find your own approval. You're listening to episode three of the well-branded podcast show, PR and personal branding tips for wellness and lifestyle professionals. I'm your host, Mindy Ambrose, and today we're going to be talking about everything to do with eradicating self-doubt which also means we need to have a little discussion about how self-doubt is affecting your personal branding, how it's affecting your clients, but also some practical tools and applications for improving your self-acceptance and moving forward in your business with confidence and clarity and self-love. I actually think this topic is kind of thrown around a lot and we see all these inspirational quotes all over the place kind of telling us to you know avoid the negative self-talk and to be kind to ourselves and to believe in ourselves and you know the whole fake it till you make it believe it till you become it all that stuff but I actually experienced a situation in my early university years that changed the course of my own self-doubt and self-belief that I think is actually a practical take on the whole self-esteem, self-belief situation. So the game-changing experience happened in, I think it was a business or marketing course, way back when I was around 19 years old in university taking some electives, and something happened that is every professional expert's worst nightmare. My instructor was called out for being a fraud. One of the students totally called him out. And the student was a total jerk, so nobody was really looking at the instructor like, ooh, this really means he's a total loser and doesn't know his stuff. But really, the whole just observing the whole thing and seeing how the instructor handled it is, is what actually helped shape my own confidence going into being a professional expert as I matured through my 20s and started going after business goals. All that really happened was the instructor was talking in depth about something related to business and I think a student started questioning him on his own business expertise and how much experience he really had with running a business, things like that. Um, And I think the student had some education or maybe was a part of a family-run business. But basically the student wasn't buying anything that the teacher was talking about. And I actually found the teacher to be quite helpful, knowledgeable, and insightful. And so I was really thinking like, wow, this is crazy that this person is calling him out for being a fraud and trying to put him on his heels and make him feel like he doesn't know anything. Um, but what was awesome was the instructor just didn't even skip a beat. 
he shut the student down in like two seconds and all he said was I'm not promising to be an expert on everything to do with business it's impossible to know everything what I am an expert at is facilitating knowledge and learning surrounding the subject of business and this is something I take seriously and this is something I excel at what I loved and what had huge impact for me was how dead clear and confident the instructor was in what he offered us, the value that he brought to the table. He wasn't apologetic, he didn't over-explain himself as we tend to do. He pretty much laid it out and declared to the room that he brings excellence to the table when it comes to facilitating a learning environment. I thought that was actually pretty badass and it's something that can transfer into different areas of expertise. Um, I'm thinking of personal trainers right now with this because there are so many personal trainers that I've encountered that I know are feeling like they're frauds because they might excel in one area or have strong passion kind of driving them in their business in one area of fitness. And they're kind of put pressure on themselves like they're supposed to just be good at everything or be supremely fit and strong in all areas of fitness, which is absolutely ridiculous and impossible. So I'm just going to get right into this and throw down some truth bombs and some tough love out there for personal trainers because I just have so many glaring examples of how personal trainers out there are letting their insecurities affect their interactions with their clients and the success of their clients. And I'm just going to trust that by using examples for personal trainers that this is going to resonate with other professionals in other areas. Because um, I don't want to exhaust all options, all industries, and throw down, you know, like a hundred different examples and make this a half an hour episode. But this is a bit of a problem with personal trainers. And... I've personally as a fitness client of trainers over the years because I've been engaging in fitness for, I'm going to age myself right now, I'm 40 years old. I've actually been pretty diehard with fitness since I was about 18. It's just something very personal to me that's always been in me. Um, and so I have a lot of experience working with fitness professionals for different goals and just for fun and because I have friends in fitness. So I feel a sense of duty to sh just share my experiences and my opinions and hope that some of you guys will gain a little bit more confidence in yourselves and trust that what you're an expert in right now is enough in your industry that you don't have to be everything. And that it's awesome that you value building on your expertise and growing and expanding your knowledge and securing your place as an authority in your industry. But it starts to become hazardous when you turn that into a situation where you're constantly trying to keep up with where everybody else is at. And you're measuring yourself and your success and your expertise in comparison to other professionals around you. So the first thing that I notice from insecure fitness and wellness professionals is they'll begin a training session with me or a class explaining themselves like over explaining their shortcomings and it's kind of like they're trying to put it out there before other people will think it or say it first that they'll say things like oh I know I'm not the biggest guy and you know 
a lot of people are probably looking at me like, oh, I'm, I must not be an athlete, but I'll let you know, I actually have a background in this sport and this sport and this sport. It's like male personal trainers will immediately default to pointing out the reasons why they're not bigger and stronger or the reasons why they're not fast or the reasons why they don't have visible abs. And it's like, my first thought is, okay, buddy, I'm sorry, but I'm a paying customer. This isn't about you. And who says that I'm looking at you and judging you for not having visible abs or not being uh, like a six foot five football player? Like, really? And of course, the female version of this is, you know, female instructors or personal trainers. I even hear it, hear them saying it if I'm just working out at the gym and there's a female personal trainer kind of working in the area with a client. They're constantly slipping it in messages about kind of like explanations as to why they aren't shredded and why they have a fat layer. Um, just really over explaining why they look the way they do in a very apologetic way, almost like they're worried that people are judging them and that automatically assuming that they're not a qualified trainer because they don't look like a shredded fitness model with visible abs. And so it kind of shows up a little bit different with male trainers and female, but there are a lot of disclaimers and there's a lot of apologetic language being put out there kind of as excuses as to why they look the way they do. And I'm thinking, this is a big mistake because you don't owe anybody an explanation for one thing. You're also assuming that every client out there is just looking for a fitness model type personal trainer and that that's all they value. And so if you don't look like that, you need to bet you better have some explanations ready. You better be explaining yourself, you know, and I'm thinking that's a very toxic mindset that you owe the world explanations for why you look the way you do. It's toxic because it's not helpful in keeping the focus on your client. Remember, it's about them. It's not about you. They're the paying customer. And it's also toxic just to put yourself out there in with this foundation of apologetic language. And I see people sneaking it into their Instagram posts and profiles um, like their bios and things like that, you don't owe the world an explanation for your appearance, for one thing. And like I already said, I know this is a little bit repetitive, but don't assume every client is looking for a fitness model in their personal trainer. So yes, there are going to be clients out there who are thinking, well, why is that guy training other people on weight loss transformations when he has a beer belly or something like that? Like, yeah, there are judgmental clients out there. Yeah, there are um, clients who do screen fitness professionals based on how they look. That's how they measure the evidence that that trainer is going to be able to help them is they choose a trainer who looks like how they want to look if they're going after like a muscle building and weight loss transformation or something like that. Here's the thing, just because those clients exist, it doesn't mean they're your people. You can let go of those people. If you're the type of trainer who is a lifestyle expert and balance is your expertise and feeling fit and strong and enjoying indulgences on your own terms, 
so you have a fat layer, that doesn't mean you're not a successful trainer just because you have a healthy fat layer, because you have different values and priorities than the shredded abs trainer. So I'm going on a little bit of a tangent um, to do with appearance, which is just one example, and I don't want to, I don't want to exhaust this, but I know this is going to resonate with yoga teachers as well. I hear a lot of yoga teachers and yoga teacher students, um, students who are in the middle of taking yoga teacher training. I hear so many yogis saying, oh, I know I don't look like your typical yogi. What the hell does a typical yogi look like? Like there, if there ever was a type or form of movement that comes with the most variety of body types and demographics, holy crap, what the hell does a typical yogi look like? If you're a yoga teacher branding yourself and building a community and you actually walk around with the belief that there's a certain look to being a yoga teacher... I think you're kind of missing one of the principles of yoga to begin with. Um, if you, I actually hear yoga teachers walking around saying, yeah, I know yoga teachers are supposed to be these skinny girls. And I immediately think, I'm sorry, they are. Uh, that's actually not my experience with yoga teachers. I know very few yoga teachers who I would describe as skinny. Um, I've even heard yoga teachers saying, I know I'm not young like like most yoga teachers. Um, I'm sorry. Why are you putting these statements out to the world and dictating that you're supposed to look a certain way to be a stereotypical, believable yoga teacher? I think you need to shut down those assumptions and actually look around and observe objectively and see who's really out there before you start apologizing for how you look as a yoga teacher. So from from this branding perspective, think of how hazardous this is to your brand if you're walking around with the mindset that you're supposed to be looking a certain way or you're supposed to sound a certain way or you're supposed to this or you're supposed to that in order to be believable as an expert in your field. Like what's it going to take for you to spend more energy looking around and seeing who's really out there and the diversity and and celebrating what's different about you. What's it going to take for you to be able to qualify yourself as an expert and actually look at yourself like, okay, yeah, I'm really good at this, this, and this. I've decided to let go of that. I'm not trying to be that right now because I serve these people over here. I'm speaking to these people. This is what they need to hear right now. I think that's a healthy approach to branding. A healthy approach to branding is not spending energy um, disqualifying yourself and making excuses for yourself and apologizing for what you don't bring to the table. Remember my story about the teacher he knew it was impossible to be everything. You're not going to be everything as a personal trainer or a yoga teacher. You need to actually, I think that's actually a bit of an ego issue. We need to check our ego at the door and own up to the fact that there are certain things we don't know anything about and certain things that we're actually undereducated on in our field. Does that mean that we can't specialize in something else? 
Um, another thing that's hazardous with your branding efforts when you've got insane self-doubt is, like I said, people who are sneaking these little over-explanations into their Instagram posts about why they are what they are and why they aren't this, and it comes across as very defensive, but they kind of disguise it as um, like something positive. You know, like making excuses for why they look the way they do, but then kind of turning it into an Instagram post that's about celebrating who you are and accepting who you are. It's a bit contradictory when deep down inside you're you're making excuses for what you think your shortcomings are. Um, so really think about it. Is your message out there really trying to attract your people? who have already validated you as somebody that they look up to and they already have it in your head that you are what they see as a believable trainer or a fitness professional or yogi. There are people out there who already look at you as what they interpret as an ideal professional that they would like to go to. Are you really speaking to those people or are you apologizing to the people who aren't your people and they're looking at you like you aren't what they think is believable. Be really careful about putting your energy into speaking to speaking defensively to try to convince the people who aren't interested in you of what your value is when instead you could be just owning who you are and being dead clear on your value and speaking to those people who love you. So that concept of only speaking to the people who appreciate and love you, that could actually be turned into a practical exercise, a branding exercise. Think about it if anytime you're writing website copy or uh, posting on social media or typing up text in some kind of a promotional offer, are you truly speaking to the people who have already validated you and already look to somebody like you for guidance and knowledge or whatever it is, inspiration? Or are you spending your energy and using language that is more like defending yourself to people who have disqualified somebody like you, people who aren't interested in someone like you? I think that's actually pretty helpful before you hit the send button or the publish button to kind of check yourself. Remember, there are people out there who already appreciate you. And so this could actually be turned into a mantra as well. The whole, I'm not, or uh, what did the teacher say? I, I'm not an expert at every single last thing to do with business, but I am an expert at facilitating knowledge and learning, things like that. Uh, how would that translate as a personal trainer or a yoga teacher? You should be telling yourself, I am an expert at facilitating transformations in people who are new to yoga. I am an expert at facilitating improved mobility in athletes who struggle with their performance. I am an expert at facilitating weight loss transformations for people who don't want to eat boiled chicken and salads for the rest of their life. Think about how this lesson can turn into a mantra that you can say to yourself every day because the, I would say the future of your brand and your business depends on you trusting yourself 
and telling yourself that what you know and how how you excel in your field is enough. You don't need to be more. Or think of it like this. If you need to be more and you value being more, it doesn't have to be immediate. It could be a long-term growth process. Accept where you are now and the value you bring to people now. Come up with a plan for what you need to add to your tool belt to be able to help people in even more ways that you want to as you move forward in your business. But don't disqualify yourself or make excuses for yourself, especially publicly, if it's going to affect your experience with your clients. So I'm just going to close with just remember, it's not about you. It's about the clients. First of all, they're not working with you to hear you talk about yourself from the beginning to the end of their session with you. You don't need to distract them from their own enjoyable experience by filling their session with you with apologies and excuses for your shortcomings really think about how this comes out I have experienced all of this as a client I found it very distracting when I was trying to dig deep and I'm just trying to sweat and put my head down and do what they're telling me and then they slip in little things about themselves the whole way through it was really challenging just trying to keep my head in the game I think the best thing you can do is pour your energy into getting excited about their growth and just focusing on reinforcing the value that they're getting from you. If you want to continue this discussion, feel free to find me on Instagram and send me a direct message at Mindy Lou Ambrose. That's me on Instagram. I do follow people back, so join my community. Let's connect. And you can also find the rest of my podcast episodes for the well-branded podcast show at MindyLouAmbrose.com. Thank you. Stay well.